Hopefully listeners of the show aren't sick of hearing me talk about how I went to Ireland recently. But um, if you are, I'm sorry, because there's going to be more more uh, Ireland chat. <laughs> are you? Is that you or is that you, listeners of the show, who might be bored? That's my impression of the audience. Oh, okay, but not you. You're, <laughs> no, you're really, no, I you love hearing hear. about Ireland. <laughs> more, more, more. Well, okay, then. One of the things that really struck me was just how green, how much, how much plant life there is there and how they allow their fields to just be. Instead of really like manicuring them, they're just overflowing with, we would call them weeds, but um, if you let a plant grow, a lot of these weeds grow, you'll find they have beautiful flowers. I found myself really conflicted because I'd want to take walks and see these, you know, because I'm in getting older and now walks to me are really exciting, especially along uh, idyllic pathways and nature walks. And so there are all these beautiful flowers and things blooming and uh, but something in the atmosphere made me just uh, go crazy with allergies. Some of the worst I've ever had in my life. Why didn't you just take a Claritin? Well, I did. They have a thing called um, Zyrtec. There's something they don't have. No, no, we that's have it too. It's true. It's, it's an Irish thing called Zyrtec. <laughs> yeah, Zyrtec actually did kind of work. Zyrtec. Zyrtec. Sorry. Well, they're not a sponsor. They should be. Well, happy ending, so it worked. <laughs> yes. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. You're listening to Life is Short. I am your um, recently cleared up from allergies host, Justin Long. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. And with me as always is my also uh, allergy-free. Your allergies have been pretty good. You know, I was bought. What sets you off? Um, Dust. Yeah. And moles. (laughs) And moles. Isn't it gross that it's when we were kids, mom used to, it, it was from dust mites feces. And That's she would always right. say, oh, I have to get rid of these dust mites feces. Well, not to shame our... I thought about like poo going I, into my so nostrils. Poo. <laughs> not to shame our parents because we lived I, We lived in a very clean, generally clean house. Yes. However, our parents are huge bibliophiles. Yes, so there were <laughs> old books in most rooms of the house. And uh-huh. old books are the things that really get me. Me too. Because it's the combination, I think, of dust and mold. You don't both have to be allergic <laughs> to dust and mold. Yeah. Uh, but that was always pretty rough for me. But, but like plants and stuff, I don't think I'm too allergic to them. Well, I didn't think I was prior to my um, time in Ireland. Austin, I would get when I lived in Austin. There was a there's like a vortex of um, just the worst hay fever. They called it it's cedar fever, I think. And there was like a dust cloud every yes. um, like late summer, right? Yes, late summer. It was awful. And um, this is not a good ad for uh, <laughs> for Austin. For Austin, but well, Austin's great. Yeah, you need one. Austin, also, thing. Austin is has such an influx of people going there that they don't need no. any any uh, more encouragement. No. And in fact, Austin's maybe fine. Less. Yeah. yeah. Why are we talking about uh, things blooming and blossoming? And, Ooh, yes. I'm glad you asked. Well. Because, well, I can tell you. Oh, please. Because we're uh, men in our 40s. Uh-huh. So we remember a show that existed in the early 90s called Blossom. And Blossom was a, I, it's safe to say iconic. It's an iconic TV show. Sure. Um, and it's one that we, we, we watched. Uh, I like Blossom I like Blossom too. And it was, it was before there was a lot of TV. It was like just a couple channels. I mean, we're going to sound like boomers now. But anyway, it was a, it was a formative show to a lot of people. And um, we have the star of that show who has since gone on to star in other iconic TV series like Big Bang Theory. She's got her own show now called... I almost said Kiss Me Kate. It's Call Me Cat. And uh, her name is Mayim Bialik. We have the Mayim Bialik. She's Host of Jeopardy? Yes, it's funny. Way to bury the lead. Oh, I know, I know. Well, we get into I mean, it's my lead. Yeah. Her hosting Jeopardy is 
Of all those impressive credentials, the most impressive one. Yes, to you. To me. Um, when we were kids, like we said, she was just Blossom. I mean, she was Blossom uh, for a, a long time to us. And she's done so much, so much other great work now that, uh, you know, now we know her by Mayim. Sure. She definitely has transcended Blossom. Yeah. And now she has her own podcast, too, that you were a guest on called The Breakdown. Yes. Right? With, the, with her. Mayim Bialik's Breakdown. Mayim Bialik's Breakdown. She's she, a neuroscientist. Yes. Fascinating. Um, she had left She's had a really interesting life. She has. Like, let's shut up and yeah. hear from her. Let's let the show blossom now. Oh, that was good. Okay. And here it is. Um, my chat with Blossom herself uh, and the star of so many other things, Big Bang Theory, and the host, as you said, the most importantly of Jeopardy. Uh, here she is, the ubiquitous and the, the very uh, fascinating Mayim Bialik. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and the will meet again. We did so much of this already. Like, I feel like I've already gotten to know you um, on, on your show and... Which, do, do people know, my? I don't want to, like, divulge anything that, you know, do people know that you do it with your husband? He's not my husband. <laughs> or your, your, your lover? We... <laughs> <laughs> your lover um, of some kind? No, we, we actually, we, we try and, um, you know, we do our podcast as partners, so we actually prefer not to sort of talk about it. But most people realize okay. that we are, we are partners in many ways. <laughs> If I'm looking down, it's just because I'm looking at notes. Um, it so you don't talk about it in general. No, just so I know. N- no, we we usually don't. Like I said, people know that we're that, but we try and um, you know, obviously for guests that are people like you, it's more easy to talk about it. But we also don't want professional people to feel like they're stepping into a couples therapy session, which is kind of what it feels like all the time. And I think it Does probably that, would that just, happen sometimes. I think it's just the nature of a podcast on mental health is like you start kind of like, you know, saying like, well, I went through this. Well, I think this. And like, when yeah, you say course. this, that's how I feel. So it's it's also it's it's creating a podcast with, um, you know, with an an intimate partner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That must be what compelled you to do that. What was the um, we're not impetus? sure. Um, and, and yeah, and I'm fine for you, you know, to use this kind of conversation of it. Um, we are, we are writing partners also, which is another kind of intimate act. And, um, you know, one of the aspects of our kind of working relationship is that we, we love to create together. And so we've created, we wrote a pilot together, like we've done other things together. And for us, the podcast is, um, it's an exploration of each of our respective issues and then kind of the issues that come up for us together. And, we're both sort of very, very, you know, we're we're both very scientifically minded um, and also very holistically inclined. So we're both a strange mixture, and we thought, well, that strange mixture should be a podcast. <laughs> what? Where? When you say holistically, where, where does the holistic part? Where's that most apparent? Um, when you, when... So you know, I'm I'm a person who I'm a spiritual person. I happen to be a person of faith as well. You know, I believe that there are things we experience that we cannot quantify, um, and a lot of those things fall along what many people would consider the holistic spectrum. You know, I, I will favor um, altering my diet before I will pop a pill, you know, or I will favor, um, you know, a larger view of mind-body connection as opposed to the Western model of kind of medicine, which is sort of like, 
what what's the pill that will make the symptom go away? And the east the eastern and kind of more holistic thing is what's going on in your life, what's going on in your whole body to I love that. to produce a set of symptoms. And you know, I was raised in a very kind of standard you know, Western, you know, I went to Kaiser, my dad was a public school teacher. So we just like, that was the healthcare you got. And they gave you antibiotics when they told you you needed them. And you know, that's what it was. So what was the catalyst for you rethinking that mode? Yeah, I was, I was, I guess when I became a teenager and you start rethinking everything that your parents, you know, (laughs) kind of instilled in you. um, I, I did, I became more interested in, you know, I had some friends from the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco and was introduced to a lot of other concepts of understanding. That's where all cool concepts come from. All the bohemian (laughs) things seem to happen in San Francisco. Um, And yeah, that was my first introduction to, you know, people who had home births. What? Like people who Uh breastfed because it was like a thing. Like what? Um, Even when they didn't have kids. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Just whoever wants some. Um, Um, That's very bohemian. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles and I... I was not like a lot of L.A. kids, so I favored more of like the Mm. Venice Beach kind of vibe, which was much more. Yeah, it was like a lot of hippies and incense and patchouli oil. And I was just more interested in those kind of alternative things, you know, alternative aspects of existence in Los Angeles. When you say you weren't like other kids, would you explain to people what that means? Like what? Right. How were you different than L.A. kids? Well, I mean, I I was raised like a kind of like a transplanted New Yorker, Um, you know, I and. Um, it wasn't a pretension. You know, my parents were from the South Bronx. It's a very specific kind of New York. And they raised me very much like they were raised. You know, we played stoop ball and we had bottle cap races and we lived a very kind of simple life. We took walks every night after dinner. You know, we went to museums on free days. Like they raised me like we were in New York. And a lot of L.A. kids are raised with a lot more privilege than than I had. Um, you know, that kind of stereotype of like the valley girl and the mall. And, you know, th- that's a lot of our culture in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's true. Isn't it amazing how that has kind of permeated culture in general? Yes. I mean, that's that vocal fry quality, that kind of, I remember when we were kids, it was just, it, it was, you're right. It was specific to that region. It was yeah. like, oh my God, the valley girl. And yeah. That's kind of everywhere. It's kind of a little bit everywhere. And, you know, part of that is, I mean, you and I lived through a time where MTV kind of exploded what people could access, meaning it went from, oh, bands used to be unattractive. Like I grew up with bands on the radio that like you never saw their picture. And when you did, they just looked like (laughs) dudes with long hair. And it wasn't until the MTV generation. They all looked like Slash. They all looked like Slash. And then the MTV kind of revolution, which I remember distinctly. You know, I remember seeing the Mickey video. I remember Money for Nothing, Chicks for Free. Um, Another band that you were like, oh, that's, those just look like dudes. But after, after that started spreading, you did, you got this culture across the country and then across the world where we knew what other people looked like. And it became this, you know, kind of spreading of culture in a way that we hadn't, you know, before the the 80s. That's true. Yeah, I never thought about that, that it became very, a purely visual thing almost. Totally. And and you were, I mean, you were a part of the zeitgeist during that time. You were a kid in that. I mean, I, I said to you on your show, I remember, I feel like I know you. I grew up I'm sure you get that reaction a lot from people. Like, um, yeah. people must seem very familiar um, when they approach you. Yeah, and actually, a guy said something to me today, which is something I've been hearing more and more since I started working on on Jeopardy in particular. And it's a very funny, oh, yeah. strange compliment. I think I told you, like, I get a lot of like, "Oh my God, you're pretty." You know, that happened a lot on Big Bang yeah, Theory. We talked. Yes. Yeah, my character is so frumpy. But this guy said this thing to me today, and he's like, 
I think you, this is, you know, New York. I'm in New York right now. He's like, I think you're mm-hmm. great no matter what anybody else says. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what, did, oh wait a minute. Like, should, I, should I check Twitter right now? Are people being not, mean right now? That's not funny. But they, I know it's the intention is good. It's a good, it's like he thinks he's imparting something positive. But, and yeah, ultimately back, it just, is. That dude likes me no matter yeah. all the people who hate me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. People can say whatever they want. They can go on about how terrible you are. I don't listen to them. You know, they say it all the time, too, and I just ignore it. It's it's almost like a compliment to him that he's able to withstand That's right. the he's, onslaught he's, of negative comments about you. <laughs> like, don't look up but, in Times Square because it's all over the Times yeah. Square. What, but you must have gotten... You must have had to get good with that kind of thing a, a long time ago, or or, or is mean, it still like a work in progress? It's still a work in progress. I think it depends on personality and you know, kind of. I don't know that you get good at it. I, I've definitely gotten seasoned at people being mean to me, but that happened before I was in the industry. Like, I looked like yeah. this on like a seventy pound frame, you know, for most of yeah. like elementary school. So, you know, I grew up also in a time when. No one looked like me on television. Like I didn't That's see true. anyone with prominent features unless it was like Barbara Streisand or Bette Midler, where it was like, right. this is a Semitic featured human. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. There's no mistaking right. this person's. Yes. No, I grew up kind of knowing I was this like Eastern European mutt. I mean, I am, you know, I'm huh. a conglomeration of an existence from a, another time. You know. Yeah. What form did that usually take? Like, how were you exposed to that? Like, what made you aware of that? Just you would compare yourself to other kids? Well, I mean, like, I I really try and save the word bullying, you know, for a very specific kind of abuse that, you know, that children can inflict on each other. But yeah, like I was, I mean, I was teased routinely. I was like short for my age. My nose was big. My, my chin is pointy. You know, like kids will find anything. My name is Hebrew. Like... Um, I was weird. My nickname in junior high was weirdo because I was, I had a funny sense of humor. Like looking back now, like I was a kid raised on like faulty towers and like, you know, like I was a weird, you know, I had a, I was the kind of kid who was like, I can't wait until I'm an adult because then these people can't touch me and I'll just find my own weird friends. And that's what I did. It's amazing that you had an awareness of that, that that might be the case yeah. when you were older. What, what Was it being around older people when you were, was it being exposed to a lot more like adult conversation? Um, maybe. I mean, I think growing up in like a, you know, my parents are first generation Americans. So I grew up with this like oh, heavy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I grew up with this like wow. heavy weight of Eastern Europe, like hovering. Huh. And that makes huh. for a lot of tragedy and also a lot of comedy. So I kind of oh, like, yeah. I just like, I grew up, you know, I, I, I grew up learning to do comedy just because that's how we spoke. That's how we talked in totally. my house. Like everybody sounded like Pacino, but in Yiddish, you know, like that's just yeah. it's a very yeah. specific what, thing. Were they into the Borscht Belt comedians? Was that? No, um, not really. I mean, like, yes, we considered Jackie Mason like next to godliness. But, you know, uh-huh. my, my mom's parents didn't really speak English very well and they never drove. Wow. They were both under five feet tall. Like they only spoke Yiddish with my mother so I had these like two small like comedians as part of my childhood and like they they were always fighting and yelling at each other like it's it was nuts like it was I grew up with a lot of you know crazy But love underneath it was it the kind of fighting that was that this that No I'm they didn't like, like each other a... No they didn't oh. like <laughs> Like, well, you didn't I have to like each other in those days. They met right. in night school. My grandmother arrived on the shores of Ellis Island, like literally spitting distance from where I am now. She had no parents. She had lost half of her siblings. She was in the a, Holocaust. Yeah, she was a teenager alone. 
She came over just before the Holocaust. So there was a series of pogroms and yeah, about half of her siblings died in the Holocaust. So she was, she went to night school and this guy literally came up to her. He took her to the dentist, checked her teeth, and then he married her. And that's my grandparents. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. So, oh my God. So they were, it was, it was as... It was it was arranged in a way. It wasn't yeah. really like prearranged. It was just no. In, it was in, you. You know, romantic love was not part of many most wow. generations of history. Yeah. Romantic love wasn't part of yeah. it. And people are like, oh, you learn to love each other. No, I think she was miserable the whole time. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> did she? Did she know? I'm sorry for her. She was. She was. I mean, I I, I say it. You know, this is my my grandmother Sura. She went by Sadie. Before it was a hip name, my grandmother was Sadie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, Before I, it was I, sexy. I grew, I grew up with that. I grew up with her yelling at him until she started crying. Like, that was just standard issue. Oh That's how you God. knew it was time to go home from their apartment, is when everybody was crying. <laughs> oh, my God. And were they, but they were forced to, be, but they were like, well, we're married. Oh, there's not, we, oh, no, there's. There's no question. I don't right, even think they oh. knew the word divorce. Like, it's not even a word. Yeah. Like, it's like. Crazy. I wonder, did he ever, did your mom, is this on your mom's my, side? That's my mom's parents, yeah. Did did she ever say, did she ever ask her dad what it was about her that attracted him, that, that, oh, that no. compelled him to check her teeth? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, honestly, like, she had sturdy hips and good teeth. Like, that's what was important. Oh, my God. Yeah, this was, but this was another, it's a, you know, this was a, another, I know, I know. another but, time when that's. But isn't it amazing, you know, Mayim, that I, I. I've, I, I, I'm sure you've talked on your show a lot about like generational trauma, yes. how trauma gets passed down. Yeah. And of course, you know, n- no greater example than those people who come from a genocide who come sure. from a, um, and, and so I imagine you've, that still exists in your family. I mean, there's, there's oh, still yeah. remnants of that. Um, Cause it's not that far removed. I mean, she, no, no. It was two if, generations. Oh yeah. No. I mean, that's like, I, you know, I, my grandparents witnessed things that, many, many people's grandparents did. And, you know, it's like this weird kind of game in Jewish circles of like, how many Holocaust survivors do you have, you know? And like- Who had it the worst? Right, who had it the worst? And and for me, I grew up, you know, my mother's mother like always cried. Because when I was a kid, I would ask her like, what about your parents? You know, and she would just cry. And it wasn't like a good cry. It was like, oh, we don't talk about this. And then my grandfather was like, Streets are paved with gold here. Like I worked in sweatshops and my granddaughter's on television. Like what is wrong with the American dream? <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's it. He, it doesn't get more American than. He had a singular experience. And both my grandparents, I don't even think my grandmother that's... finished what we would call elementary school. My grandfather left wow. school in, I think probably what we would call ninth grade to sell oh hats. Oh my God. Like he was. Sorry, a, what, con- what where, the, where were they from? My grandfather was, well, it was Ukraine or Poland. Back then the yeah. border was you know, shaky. And my grandmother was yeah. from the Czech-Hungary border. Czechoslovakia is a oh. country that doesn't even exist anymore. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So he was like happy as a clam. Like he was like, oh, this is America, God. you know? What, what did he think? That's so fascinating. <laughs> what did he think of you being on TV? And, and, and were your parents, because they sound a little bit more traditional, well, certainly from New- Queens traditional, w- were they reluctant to... To, to have you enter that world. I mean, was that, well, it must've been such un- uncharted territory. Well, my parents were kind of both the rebels of their family. You know, they both uh, like studied huh. English. My dad didn't want to go to Vietnam. So like he became a teacher and oh, um, yeah, they were both too. public school teachers. My mom taught in the women's prison in Harlem and the Bronx. Oh. 
No yeah, my, my parents wow. were civil rights activists. So they were both like, they wow. left a religious life. You know, my mom was a lefty, which was very scandalous. You know, she was uh-huh. possibly possessed by the devil is what my grandparents thought. I mean, they were very- Oh, yes, yeah, Sadie must have not- Sadie did not from, like that Bev was a lefty and like drawing. Yeah, yeah, my mom was an artist and that was seen as a real affront, you know, to traditional oh. religious culture. Yeah. yeah, it was- Yeah. So no, my parents were, were bohemian. They- they lived in the village. They made documentary films. Like they were How tear cool. gassed at Washington. Yeah, they were very, very cool, very artsy. And so their parents just thought, like, well, who the hell knows what these two are going to come up with? And uh-huh. like, <laughs> enter me. And there you are. Here's the the product of <laughs> That's that. Right. Um, so did they eventually come around? I mean, it must have been intriguing, at least to them, that you you were on t- on television. It was very strange. I mean, it was you know the. They did, my my mom's parents, they did, they owned a television. They loved Lawrence Welk. The Lawrence Welk show oh, was yep. like, that was yep. America to them. And if you've ever seen that SNL sketch yes. from Kristen Wiig. Exactly, With the little hands. That yes. was their notion of like America. Like that's, yes. so to For see so many people, there's. Of that generation. There's a great, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you you know Mo Rocca, Maya, you, there's a. There's a great Mo Rocca does these. Um, he wrote a book called Mobituaries, and he has a podcast the same name. And he does a whole he does a whole podcast on Lawrence Welk and and the the how influential that show was for this. For oh yeah, well, that my generation. grandparents couldn't yeah. pronounce his name. It was Lawrence Welk. Yes, <laughs> like, close enough. Lawrence Welk. <laughs> So, yes, me being on television was crazy. For some reason, my grandfather loved Arsenio Hall, and I was on Arsenio (laughs) Hall's show, like, a bunch of times. And that was his favorite thing was when I was on Arsenio Hall. Um, I like when they fist bump in the air. (laughs) They do whoop, whoop, whoop. Wow, what what did was the but what did they think of the show? Because Blossom was um, I don't think they understood time. most of what was happening. Oh. Yeah, like we like okay. yeah we don't talk about periods in my family. I think the story is when my mother's mother <laughs> was pregnant with her younger sister, she wore a house coat like a a coat in the house so he wouldn't have to see that she was pregnant. Like we shouldn't think about it. Oh, so they wow. didn't understand that Blossom talked about periods. I don't think they understood. Oh, yeah. most of the English on that show. <laughs> So whenever they saw, certainly whenever they saw on a very special episode of Blossom, they knew to not tune in. <laughs> this is going to be hit too close to home. Wow. Oh. That, but what, but your parents then were obviously more, uh, they must have, were they, were they excited? Were they nervous for you as a kid trying to navigate yeah, that? Yeah, my, my dad. I mean, like you said, you looked, yeah, I bet. My dad was very, my dad was a drama teacher. He wasn't my drama teacher, but um mm. He was a drama teacher and, you know, he was very like, the industry is going to chew you up and spit you out. That's what it does, you know. And my mom was wow. more supportive of the fact that I just love being in school plays. So I had no idea what the industry was. Like, you think you know things when you're 11. You don't know. Forgive me, all the 11-year-olds listening. You really don't know <laughs> yeah, much. We have a, it's most of our audience. Um, we'll cut this part out. We don't want to offend our... <laughs> <laughs> the majority of our audience who likes our <laughs> fart jokes. Well, um, but yeah, it's true. I mean, God, how could you? And especially yeah. um, being a kid, like you said, who looked, who didn't look like the typical kid on, in, no. on TV, you know? Well, and that's um, also like, that's the kind of the hubris that like, you know, they always, like you always say like, oh, your mother thinks you're like the most amazing person, you know? And like, that was my mom. And she's like, I promise she's going to be a star. And everybody's like, yeah, right, lady. <laughs> You know? Oh, funny. And what what was it? Was it because you, you must have, I picture you as being, I guess, because I've seen you in things when you were a kid. And I picture you as like a little, well, like Bette Midler and Beaches. Like, I like was, the character. well, it's funny because I, I didn't excel at like competing audition wise. I was yeah. like the kid who sat in the corner. I, I was, 
I was so intimidated at auditions because I so huh. didn't look or feel like those girls. My very first audition was to play DJ on Full House. And, oh, no kidding. And, you know, it was a room full of these, like, tiny featured, adorable, you know, blonde girls. DJ, DJs, and, yeah. Right. And so I, I felt very kind of, like, out of it that way. Um, but, you know, again, you, like, have your mom being like, you're great. You're going to do yeah, it. I'm oh like, I God. really don't think so. But I was... I was not a hammy kid, you know. I wasn't like yeah. a da, 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 da. Uh, look at me. No, I was. A, Were you gregarious? Were you? No, like... I was. I was a very good mimic. And you know, looking uh, back now, as I'm huh. sure you can kind of imagine, as an actor, like I was a very keen observer of people's emotions, and yeah, that yeah. comes from for me growing up in a house with a lot of emotional complexity. I was she always, like I was always scanning. Huh. So I knew oh, huh. a lot of subtleties about human emotion that I kind of would put into characters. You know, I was, oh, I was a, a fast talker. I liked attention. You know, I was uh-huh. always wanting to talk in class. My mom said I always wanted to sit next to the birthday girl at her birthday party. Whoever's party it was, I had to be like <laughs> right where the cake was. <laughs> That's interesting. But I was, I so was, you could just get some of the residual attention? I, I guess. I mean, I again, yeah. I don't remember myself as a hammy kid, but I remember making yeah. other kids laugh. I would do impressions of teachers and um, – Yeah, I wasn't very, like, studious. Like, my brother was the smart one. I had an older brother, and he was the smart one. But you went on to then be a smart one yourself. I mean, mean, (laughs) you definitely made up for it. Well, here's the thing. It's like, I totally appreciate that people say, like, oh, I'm smart. But, you know, I was, like, the dumbest person in my doctoral class. Because, like, when you Uh go to a university like UCLA, it's every A student now competing to be the A student. Oh, sure, of course. So I did not feel, I was on a TV show for my teen years. I was like barely scraping by in remedial calculus in college, you know? Um, And then, yes, I I caught up with time, but I never, you know, but, you know, I had one professor say like, I know where you come from. I know, you know, you're really an actor. Like that was, yeah. Uh, So that was something you were always having to prove people wrong about. What, what, What was the impetus for that then, Mayim? I mean, why not then just stay on, I mean, you're on this great show. You, you, you have the success as an actor. What, what was it about neuroscience that, that, um, well, I think it was more like I, I didn't want to be in kind of like the rat race of the industry. I was 19. I was two years yeah. out of high school. Blossom was from when I was 14 to 19. And, wow. you know, I was this like, I was a pouty, gothy teen who was like reading uh-huh. Sartre and Camus and like wanting to like smoke cigarettes in coffee shops. Like I wasn't uh-huh. I wasn't part of the industry, like social group like. I, I revolved around, you know, like Corey Feldman and Corey Haim and Seth Green and Danica McKellar. Yeah. Like we would see each other at parties, but I just was never part of. So it's not mm. like I had like a thing of like, these are my people. Like I always felt weird. I always felt like, yeah. you know, the one yeah. wearing Doc Martens when nobody was wearing them. And so, so I wanted Seth to So Seth Green excluded you. That's yeah. what led no, to this. Seth Green it was, was because of Seth. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I blame Seth Green for my yeah. departure. Um, also, you know, back in the 90s, you know, when Blossom ended, it was not considered a favorable thing to be on a sitcom. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. she's on a sitcom. Whereas right, right. no no movie actors were doing cameos on sitcoms like they do now. It was like, yeah. go away, let people kind of forget a little bit. And, you know, having Eastern European grandparents, like, you go to college. It doesn't matter if you had your own TV show. Go to college. That's what America is yeah. about. Go to college. Yeah. My brother had had an incredible experience at UCLA, and um, I wanted to feel normal. I mean, I, I don't even know if I could be normal, but I, I wanted to be appreciated for 
what was in my head, you know, and I, I did a minor in Hebrew and Jewish studies because that came a lot easier to me than science. So it kept my GPA up. It kept my morale up. And um, I the nature versus nurture conversation was very popular in the 80s and 90s. It's a very huh. different conversation now. But I was really fascinated by DNA. I was fascinated yeah. by cells and how they communicate information. And I just thought, like, this is the level of knowledge I want to have as I do whatever I do in the world. Did you have intention to parlay that into some professional life? I mean, did you? Yeah, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. The only only kind of medicine I was interested in was the kind that would help people. Um, Yeah. Which, you know, again, psychiatry has also evolved and our perception of it is very different now, you know, than let's say it might have been for me back then. But um, I did not have the grades to get into med school. I was wanting to go to med school and um, Uh I could not score A's you know, in organic chemistry. It's one of the hardest classes that, that I took. Um, and I, it never interested me to go to the theater department because I knew they would chew me up and spit me out. I'm, I've never been trained. I've never taken classes. Huh. Huh. And I, I just knew that I'm not like those perky, shiny kids. Mm-hmm. Like I would see those theater kids and like they were beautiful and put together and like they knew all the lyrics and like- but I you just, never felt- like a part of that group, that, no. that world. No, because yeah. I was like, I was on a sitcom. Like, you know, uh-huh. it wasn't considered a thing. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to pop in and uh, say hello from this beautiful resort right on the beach. <laughs> I'm actually here in the recording studio, Christian's it's Christian studio. Busted. I feel like I kind of am. I'm getting a little taste of the tropics because I've been enjoying Tropical Smoothie Cafe's new chia oatmeal pudding bowl. Ooh, what's that one like? Well, I love chia seeds. I know they're really good for digestion. I think there's protein in there. So I, I want to find ways to, to eat more of them. Um, and, but this one also combines coconut milk, which I love, nice, creamy, healthy without the, uh, the dairy, and steel-cut oats, which um, also healthy, topped with um, chobani. It gets more protein protein with a Greek yogurt, some fresh blueberries, sliced banana, granola, more chia seeds, and and honey. Ooh, so I, I a little try, bit of sweet. It's good. I, I'd like to try that one. I, I've had the acai bowl, which is very delicious. It's Ooh. it's acai base. I see. Um, fresh strawberries, blueberries, sliced banana, some coconut, granola, Ooh. chia seeds. So get on Tropic Time now as you savor a new Tropic Bowl from your local Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Dell TechFest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technology is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and up we'll meet again. When you were doing Blossom, did the kids treat you when you were in high school? Did they treat you different? Was yeah, it they weird didn't, to be? It, wasn't, yeah. it, was, it didn't go over so well. I went yeah. to, I went to, um, yes. I went to like a very highly competitive academic set of schooling programs um, where like we were expected to go to Ivy Leagues. That was just sort mm-hmm. of the thing. I went to public school, but it was special programs that kind of were like, you know, prep schools. And 
you know, I was the kind of kid who really didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to pretend it mm. didn't exist, but yeah. it's hard to do when a lot of kids are watching you on television. So it was a lot of like, oh, you think you're so hot? You got the wrong answer in class. And then it's like, okay, I will never raise my hand again because I simply <sighs> just had the wrong answer. And I really tried to kind of disappear. I was, you know, I was in chess club. It's not a very popular thing to do. I was in jazz yeah. band. Like I wasn't popular. Alison Hannigan went to my school. She was, she was like, she was like bubbly and like James Marsden went to my school. I was like, they were like bubbly. And I just like, I was just like this like kind of pouty, sullen, grumpy kind of teenager that like really wanted to disappear. I felt very unworthy of attention or praise. Uh Um, You know, boys didn't like me in the first place because I was like, so I was strange, you know, and I didn't Uh have breasts. And then girls were not such a fan of me either because I was pulling attention. You know, I had a lot of rough girl experiences in junior high of like, well, we don't want people to think we're hanging out with you because we're famous. You're famous. So we're just not going to hang out with you. Yeah. But those were not Uh my most positive years. Yeah. I bet. I, (laughs) I bet. Well, it's also enough to make you probably not want to act as much as other, other kids at that age fantasize about acting and they think, well, if I were to get to be on a TV show or movie, whatever, like that's going to make life cool and fun and you're experiencing it yeah and also because I did you know my parents were both teachers and because my dad was like it could disappear any second they were very very I was very you know at that point I became a very studious person because I would work eight or ten hours and then I would go home and do my homework and then like every three weeks they would like put me back into public school and be like see what happens now and like nothing good Oh my God. Were, were there, I mean, did, did you, was there a part of you that just wanted to lash out? Because, I mean, was, did, did, does that kind of treatment make you angry? Did do you want to say, no, more, hey, listen, more I, sad? No, I sad, mean, there's yeah. different personalities. Like, I just do like sad and, you know, I did, I mean, I was, I was very depressed, you know, for a lot of those yeah, years. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I sometimes feel like I wish I had access to anger. I think it might have felt more yeah, productive, huh. but. What I did is I I found I found like the punk kids. I found the bohemian Mm -hmm. kids who hung out in the hallways. And, um, you know, I had like my first crush on this guy. Um, His name was Misha. And like I wrote him poems. He he wore all black and he was a bad boy. It's like, you know, Uh that's apparently what was attractive even then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What were your what what type were you attracted to? Actors, musicians, no. were you attracted no, to any I famous was, people? Uh, yeah, Johnny Depp in Edward Scissorhands. I would, I had yeah. the pictures from the Rolling Stone shoot that he did up on my bulletin board, and if I stared at them long enough, I would cry. Oh my god! And obviously, Johnny Depp is not Just, a popular person to talk about right now. But at the time, he well, was, he kind of is popular was, to talk about <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> Everyone's talking but about him at the time. You know, he and Winona Ryder. It was like this brooding, intense. Yes. You know, very like. It was just this this romance. Winona forever. I, right. I was very caught up in kind of that kind of vibe, you know, just sort of as my emotional state. And that really spoke to me. But I was a huge oh, Elvis yeah. Costello fan. I was a huge. Oh, yeah. You know, I was um, I was very into music. And I was very into the literature. I mean, I, I it sounds pretentious, but I was just more kind of like I would sit in coffee shops and like read. Well, and, you're reading you know, existentialists. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, was, pretty dark. It, um, it was. Yeah, but, it was but, pretty dark. But also it But but it every felt, kid goes through that. I mean Right. Well, I mean, you know, you know I, I thought that no one else was going through it because they were all going yes. to parties. And it's like, I'm so glad there wasn't social right. media because I already oh knew God. all the things I wasn't invited to. Imagine having to look at pictures of it. 
I know. And to see how many people, I know. That's the fascinating, that, that kids now are, quanti- are able to quantify who's cool, who's totally. popular, who's, it's all numbers. I know, God. What, what would, um, what do you think would have been the biggest risk had there been social media then in terms of your public life? What, what, what would have been exposed, do you think, about I mean, honestly, I, I probably would have, I probably would have asked for plastic surgery. I mean, I, I'm oh, serious. Yeah. Wow. You know, like a lot of girls would get a nose job at 16 in a lot of circles. Yes. Um, and I, I, I definitely wished that I had a different face, which I think is also, you know, a lot of kids go through that boys and girls. But oh, I, I think, remember. Yes. Yeah, I think if social media had existed though, I, I don't know, you know, if that pressure would not have gotten to me in a way that I would have said like, I can do it different. Look at this one who did it yeah. different. Look at that one. Like, yeah, I think, what? I think physically my life, I think I probably would have gotten a lot more into, yeah, a lot more, I don't want to say materialistic things, but a lot more uh, body consciousness. And like, I mean, yeah, it was that makes hard sense. being flat chested until I was 17, or 16, yeah. but like the depths to which I would have been miserable about it, I think would have been a lot more serious. I'm serious. Like it was a big no, no, deal no, you're right. to be teased for that, you know, and I, I, whatever. It, it makes sense, Mayim. It makes sense that that now um, a lot of that plastic surgery too. That's I, I I've noticed that. I mean, it's hard to not notice it if you have Instagram. <laughs> it's it's so normalized in some yeah. some really extreme versions of of chain, altering one's face, and yeah. that's why I think it's so helpful that people like Jennifer Gray have Courtney right. Cox, they've come out and said, you know, I I kind of I have these regrets and. I'm now imagining you. You have such a great face, it's, but it's it's an iconic <laughs> face now. It's like really like known face. And well, had yeah, you I altered it that. back then? Well, and I remember, you know, I, I think it was like probably the last review that I read when I was 14 and Blossom came out. There was one reporter and I will never forget. He said some really, really unkind things just about my face. And it wasn't even, I was was 14 and, you know, and and he said it it looked like a a smattering of features that don't fit together, like put on a face that looked like a shield. And I was like, what a strange, but at the time I was devastated. Oh, Um, Mayim, I can't imagine. I, when I was uh, 30s or early 30s, I had a review. I still remember it word for word. Michelle Orange, it said uh, he he was, he was a collection. It was unformed features. He looked like he was punching above his weight class and he had uh, milky unformed features. I'm sorry to laugh, but that's amazing. (laughs) No, it's true. You're like, well, that's actually quite astute. (laughs) That's really descriptive. Yeah. Like I had no chin, no, you know, it was all kind of like a, some weird cartoon character. Wow. But I, you remember those things. Yeah. I, and I can't imagine at 14. No, it's um, very, very confusing. And uh, yeah, like at this point, and I think that's one of, you know, the really beautiful things about, um, about, a, honestly, about adulthood, you know, yeah, like when I, I and, and, you know, I, I've, I don't have a a fantastic, you know, storied kind of dating history, but I'm grateful that I've had partners who have really, really found me beautiful. Mm. And Mm -hmm. absolutely, you have to find yourself beautiful. You need to love yourself. But I also don't think there's anything wrong, especially from a feminist, to say that when someone who sees you emotionally and intellectually also sees beauty in you, it's very powerful, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, you don't want to be the girl who's like, you've got a great personality, you know? But like... (laughs) Yeah. Thank God you have such a good personality. It really (laughs) 
makes up for I don't believe, well, other things. I don't believe what all those people say. You've got a great yeah. personality. <laughs> yes, yeah. I believe what they say about your face, but <laughs> your personality, I won't believe what they say. Um, well, and, it and is, also, if I can just say one more thing about that. Like, yeah. I do a lot of, I mean, COVID aside, I do a lot of speaking engagements. I speak to a lot of people. Um, and I often do speak to Jewish communities or universities. And I've spoken all over this country and Canada and other places across the world. And that's one of the most interesting things that people will say to me. It is usually Jewish women and sometimes men uh -huh. who say, I never saw someone who looked like me until uh. you came on television. And, you know, Jews are 2% of the U.S. population. Like, I know it seems like there's a lot more of us, but uh -huh. there's not. And it's so interesting yeah. that... You know, there's some kid who was watching TV one day and was like, all those Eastern European features, I've got those <laughs> in my family. The creators of Blossom, did they ever say what it was about you? What made you Blossom to them? Um, did they ever articulate that? Yeah, I mean, the the person, I, I call him my third parent. His name's Don Rio. And Don Rio um, created Blossom. And uh -huh. it was originally about a boy. And there was a very, very huh. smart female executive at that time at NBC who said, what if it was a girl? And everybody was like, what are you talking about? No one wants a television show about a girl. <laughs> yeah. um, and no one's ever going to buy Blossom as a not as a boy. Well, Blossom's a boy. <laughs> his name wasn't Blossom before. Clearly. Silly. Oh, oh, okay. Um, and Don Rio saw me in Beaches. Um, and hmm. he said there was something about me. He is still one of the closest people in my life. And How he cool. is, he's like my third parent. You know, I say wow. that like he kind of, you know, pulled the clay from the side of the river and crafted the person that you see, you know, he taught oh, me, yeah. he taught me my comedy style. He, he taught me the ethics of the industry. He's a real straight shooter. And huh. I call him my dinosaur best friend. We still hang out. We, we always felt weird when at 16, and he was my age that I am now, we would like go out to dinner. We would, and his oh, huh. his wife would sometimes come with us. And sometimes she was like, you guys go talk about Bob Dylan, do all the things. And that's what I, like, <sighs> he was part of my my life that oh, cool. way. Yeah. And um, he's still, he's one of the most important people in How my cool. life. He, he created me and he believes something about me that yeah. was special enough to want to place in the public. And um, huh. He's actually written a, a beautiful, dramatic version of Blossom that we hope one day to likely produce on our own. Um, oh, wow. Before Will Smith turned Fresh Prince into um, a drama from a sitcom, Don uh -huh. and I worked on um, what it would be like to, you know, reckon with these characters that so many people grew up with um, in the real world. So it's so I still create with him, you know. Yeah. Oh, good for you. And it's, and it's, I mean, who better to model yourself after than Will Smith? <laughs> um, you can talk about anybody. Like I can't. I know. I, I know. I know. I tell me about it. It's like going through, a, it's like a bunch of landmines. Um, it's, can we talk about Jeopardy? Is that problematic? Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it seems okay for the moment. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until this episode comes out. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it was a huge part of our childhood, my family, mm -hmm. we all watch it. Um, was it something you watched regularly before no, and, becoming um, the host? You know, it's like I I can't I, I can't lie. I, I was not raised yeah. watching Jeopardy. I was raised in a kind of household where we didn't really watch a lot of television. I watched a lot of like sitcoms when my parents didn't yeah. want to oh. deal with us. But we yeah. didn't we we didn't do that as a family. Yeah. And um, 
you know, I obviously knew what Jeopardy was. Alex Trebek was on an episode of Blossom. How do you like that oh, for no a crossover? Kidding. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I, oh, I loved him so much. Yeah. I, I mean, he was, well, and, and obviously I, I know much more about Jeopardy as an adult. Um, and I knew that I've been a clue a couple times. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I literally posted um, my mother when I started being on Jeopardy, when I did the guest hosting, she literally texted me and said, why is everything in a question? She oh. didn't realize. <laughs> oh, man. Like, that's how much my mother had never seen Jeopardy. And yeah, people this, who clearly don't answer, don't watch Jeopardy for 500, please. She's like, <laughs> and I said, that's how the show What's works. The- she said, I know. Why is everything in the form of a question? Because yeah. that's how the show goes, Mom. And <laughs> did she? Do they watch now? I hope. Um. Well, my father passed away seven years ago, so oh. he would be very. So very he's watching with Alex. He's watching Aww. with Alex. My no, mother watches. My mother watches and sends me. It's as if she's trying to capture the most horrendous facial expression to show me what <laughs> yes. I'm wearing because I film them ahead of time, and yeah. sh- certain outfits she really loves. So she will take a photo of her television. Uh-huh. text it to me and say like you know love the color whatever and i zoom in and exactly it's, the face it's like, yes, yes. like are you trying well, that's she's like that's she's like i don't care what other people say <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> yes, i love this dress i you. think you're prettier um, than sarah you, jessica parker that's what she said yeah, that's cute <laughs> do you get along with ken do you guys are, we have are, not when you're shooting so think about you've not it met? we've met once because wow. because of the vid we have only met right. once when they dedicated the stage to to Alex and when they yeah. at that time no, Mike really Richards moving. Mike Richards had just been announced and it was like me it was like this weird photo of all of us Ken is very tall I did not know that I don't oh, know why I would not have guessed that He's tall and I was like ooh very tall It's like ooh Ken is tall um, Oh Ken Jennings. And then we yeah we don't get to spend because of the vid they're very strict about who is there? Like oh. when he's there, he's there. When I'm there, I'm there. We well, don't both hosts guests. can't get the vid. That would be <laughs> the worst. Um, then but they'd have to. I look forward to getting to spend more time with. I mean, he's obviously a, a legend and an icon and incredibly significant in the history of Jeopardy. And oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we he's were also always like he's a level. Of, I mean, he's a level of Jeopardy smart. I mean, literally, you can't touch that. He's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. I know. We were all. Big fat. Well, are there ever questions that you know so what that you that it drives you nuts when people don't get them? Are you ever like, oh, do you ever have to curb your desire no. to say no, no? No. The thing that's the most kind of interesting to me is when like let's say like a botany professor gets like a tree one wrong, and then like yes. you know, and then everybody's yes. like, oh, how did that happen? But no, yeah. I couldn't even ring in on time if I was up there. I would end up being removed from the podium, I think, probably crying because I just wouldn't be able to get the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, out. I know. That would drive me nuts. What What would you – we always talk about um, when something happens in our lives that's like of whatever level of significance. Um, we always say that would be a good Jeopardy story. That would be our Jeopardy story. Right. What, what would yours – like Christian, my brother with whom I do the show, he has a really good one. Um, what would your Jeopardy story be? Like your your, your first night Jeopardy story. What do you mean? Explain it again. Well, well, like, um, you know, you say something something oh, fun that oh, happened you in your life, the, some anecdote. Oh, you mean what's the thing that you would talk about in the little, Yeah, during the interview In the getting to know of, the contestants. Yes, yeah. Um, well, let's see. You know, I get a smattering of kind of choices, and then we kind of go through and choose. Oh, really? Oh, they tell you? Oh, really? Yeah, there's a man named John, and John and I kind of go through it, and... 
I mean, there's some really, there's funny ones. There's, you know, touching ones. We kind of try and mix it up and it's kind yeah, of up to yeah. the producers and John what we talk about. But for me, I mean, I have a lot of strange collections. So I think that would probably uh-huh. be something that came up. Oh, like, yeah. I collect pom-poms, cool. the little ones. Pom-poms? <laughs> really? Like little cheerleader no. pom-poms? Like oh. crafting pom-poms. Oh, like little fuzzies? <laughs> Oh, that's really sweet. Mime, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. When I was a kid, I had a fuzzball collection. Yes, it's like I, that. I, I, kept it, yeah. I kept it under my rug. Yeah. yeah. I would pick fuzzes <laughs> off of like sweaters and stuff. You like little... kept it under your rug? Yes. I Yes, until I got rid of it a couple of years ago. And my, <laughs> I, I lived in the same house when I was, my parents still lived there. So I kept it. I had, and I had this big red one I called Big Red. I mean, that, that would be your Jeopardy fact. And I think it's stranger maybe. than mine, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. What other things do you collect? Now I'm intrigued. Um, I collect tiny things. Um, oh, like huh. I, I'm, I've always been very interested in Japanese culture and yes. architecture and, you know, that's the cultivation of the tiny. So like, I like tiny plants and I like, Teeny oh, tiny cool. vases. I just like small things, small Maya, tiny things. I I just bought a smart car for the for this a very, very similar tiny. reason. <laughs> yes. Get, well, you don't have to laugh at me. Um, <laughs> what um I, I I need to know. I know we're running out of time, but um I'm dying to know if you have a good Leslie Jordan story because oh, oh, oh call many. me cat got renewed. But call me cat. Th- I yes, bet. we are doing a third season. Um, and I just love working with her. <laughs> That's my. Hello. What was his catchphrase um, he was doing for a while? Oh, uh, oh well, shit. Well, shit. <laughs> he, How y'all doing? Leslie Jordan, I mean, he's everything that you want him to be. Like when people he are like, is, what's he yeah. like? He is. He's everything you want him to be <laughs> yes. and curses like a sailor. So like yes. that's- Yes, I know. He has wild stories. Like, he I'm has, like, the man either knows who's had sex with everyone in the history yep. of the world or has had <laughs> yes. sex with them. Like he has these amazing stories- yeah. And just like he's met so many unbelievable people, like he's lived a life. Also, he was trained oh, to be prison a, stories. He, well, like trained to be a jockey. Like, oh, was, I didn't know was supposed <laughs> I, to be a jockey. Like proper. Well, that makes sense. Uh, I know, but still, I hadn't thought of it. Until yeah, I, I know. Said of it. course, no, I know. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> yes, he's because now I'm. Oh my god, just picturing him riding on that. I he's mean, just he's this very small little man, and he's covered in fur. We did an episode where yes. he got to be in his birthday yes. suit. And it was so interesting. Like, it makes me emotional to think about it. Like, he yeah. was so, you know, obviously, like, being exposed like that. Like, just to have to be on a set and, like, you know. Yeah. And it was just, like, especially me and Cheyenne. We were like, Leslie, you're beautiful, you know. Like, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's this beautiful man. And he's a teddy bear. He's a teddy bear. I had him on my podcast, actually. It's one of our first episodes, and I highly recommend it. He's oh, never yeah. been in a relationship. Until a few years ago, he went with his whole Secret Service life, John. Yeah, but he went his whole life without being in a committed wow. relationship. And like, wow, so I didn't know that. I'm getting to be part of his life at such an interesting time. Oh. I mean, that man. He yeah. said he's like, I used to do crystal meth to calm down. Like that was oh his my life. God. Yeah, he's, he's got, yeah. He's lovely Fascinating. though. He's really lovely. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. If you're a fan of breathtaking, shocking, and sometimes sinister tales, then check out Audible's new collection of exclusive thrillers. 
It features captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. So you feel like you're in the story. One title that's next on my list is called Trapdoor by J.P. Pomer. Uh, it's about five strangers. You know I love stories about strangers who get held hostage in a cellar that's filling with water. water. And the whole thing's being live streamed by a camera high above reach. Shorties, listen along with me. As an Audible member, you can get one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash long or text long to 500-500. That's audible.com slash long or text long to 500-500. When your work presentations and docs look good, you look good. Design stunning work presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos with Canva. Start with a designer-made template and use it as a springboard for your design. Add images, graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. If you feel like you have a lot of ideas, but it's hard to organize them into a succinct format, I can relate. Yeah, so when we're putting together a, a pitch deck for a movie idea that we have that we're currently working on... Mm-hmm. We're not going to use an old-fashioned deck. We're going to use Canva so our deck really pops. It's a it's a complete game changer. So presenting our creative ideas, it's going to be like never before. We're going to wow people with our decks. Wow any audience and finish your work faster. Start designing today at canva.com, designed for work. Hello, hello again, shaboom, and up we'll meet again. I have a lightning round. I would love to try I would to, love to rifle through. No, no, no. We're and now fine. It's like, like emphasis I'm, on lightning. No, I'm okay, on my um, own schedule to have to put on the dress that's behind me. So we're going to. Okay, okay. It's not like uh, someone's v- knocking v- at my door. Okay, go. Okay. Um, you're in a hotel. Yes. Um, in a, in a, you're a vegan. What's the most difficult thing for you to abstain from as as a vegan? This is not part of the round, but I'm curious. Oh, I mean, bacon still smells good. Oh, really? <laughs> bacon. Yeah. I mean, I was raised kosher, and then I had a period of not being kosher. Then I went back to being kosher before I stopped. So you had meat. a very limited bacon window. I mean, there is vegan bacon, and like it's okay, but bacon still smells good. Um, mm. You know, I, my favorite cookie is a black and white cookie, like from a kosher bakery. Yes, and those have yes. they have eggs in them, and that's that's hard. Yes. I literally I held one in my hands today, <laughs> and I looked at it, and I actually thought about it, and then I was like, no, no. Because what would happen? Just physiologically, Nothing, what would happen? No, no. It's that I made a conceptual decision, you yeah. know, to to live a certain way, you know, out of yeah. respect for this planet and, well, and, God, it's being, and I know it's hard, but anyway, and yeah. that's not a choice um, everybody makes. But for me, I was like, mm, not today. I'll have my yeah. bagel with vegan cream cheese and just call it a morning. Okay. Oh, good for you. Um, stronger than I am. What is your favorite, uh, what is your favorite emoji? Your go-to, uh, emoji that you like to punctuate things with? Uh, smack my head. Yes. <laughs> ah, this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, whenever you get a text from your mom about Jeopardy, <laughs> that supplies. Who was your first? Well, we talked about this. Johnny Depp, the first celebrity crush. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, and your favorite ice cream flavor? I'm not really vegan. an ice cream person. Okay. Um, I used to like peanut butter chocolate from Baskin Robbins, but oh, when yeah, I became vegan, no ice. With all due respect to all the wonderful vegan ice yeah, creams out doesn't there, doesn't match. It doesn't match, and I sort of gave yeah. it up. I did. I yeah, gave makes it up. sense. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Because why bother with something lesser, like a, something That's, that reminds you of the better version? Absolutely. And like people are like, oh, yeah. try this. I try it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's great. But it's not it's not Baskin-Robbins chocolate peanut butter. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, by, by the way, great endorsement. It's too bad. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't get free products from oh. them. Um, what is your favorite holiday, Maya? Like a, I celebrate Jewish holidays. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah, Purim. Uh, <laughs> I do, I do Purim, like I know. Purim. I know some. Um. I mean, I. This is going to sound nuts. I like Yom Kippur. That's the one where we don't eat and we atonement. It's well, it's but it's not just atonement. It's a day of like intense meditation and quiet. Oh, cool. And I, I, I find it very spiritually uplifting. And that kind of fasting, not the hipster oh, kind, is I find yeah. very, um, very spiritually uplifting. Oh, cool. You said you were a person of faith, so the faith would be I'm Jewish. I am Jewish. I am yeah. a, a what's called an observant Jew, meaning I observe uh-huh. things. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, good for you. What What is an acclaimed movie that you are embarrassed to admit you haven't seen that maybe people shame? Oh, I've never seen Top Gun. Oh, shit. Oh, we've talked about I, this. I've never seen it. And I didn't yeah. even realize now I got another thing that I, is not going to make uh, sense because I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> and I believe your co-host uh, shamed you for that. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, I yes. I think we talked Jonathan. about this the other day. <laughs> like Ken Jonathan, Jennings? Yes. Ken Jennings well, no. shamed me for not <laughs> yeah. seeing no. Um, Ken, Although he probably would. <laughs> um, Ken, you haven't seen it. So now you can see the new one. And uh, But also it's like it's kind of a thing now. It's like maybe I go the rest of my life without ever seeing Top Gun. Well, I know my brother and I had that struggle where it's like there's there's a little bit of pride. To- oh, I'm like totally. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when <laughs> yes. nerds grow up. It's like, but I've never seen yes. it. <laughs> Right. Sorry. Um, have you seen Excalibur? Um, what is a what is a game show, speaking of Jeopardy, past or present, another game show that you would like to be a contestant on? Oh, like Pri- Price on? is Right. I'm a huge Price is Right fan. Oh, really? Huge. You, you, do they have a celebrity version of that? I don't think so. Yeah. And also, I assume celebrities are like out of touch with prices. Well, <laughs> you know, that's a, it's a whole other game. I wanted to do, honestly, like Family Feud. I also am obsessed with. But because of my Jeopardy stuff, I'm not allowed to do that. Oh, that's a bummer. It's on the same network. It's I well, no, it's more like I'm a Jeopardy thing. Yeah. But I yeah. want it so well, bad. Listen, hey, I would I would love it. I would love it so much. Yeah, well I wouldn't uh you're 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 in a good place. I wouldn't um second guess <laughs> the one you've chosen. Uh do, do you do you do you secretly root for one contestant over the others? I mean, do you ever have like a favorite? Um yeah, I mean, because it's like families, like there's definitely, I like the louder, more obnoxious family usually. Uh-huh, uh-huh, hmm Come on, that's a good answer. Even when the answer is like <laughs> exactly. ridiculous. They're still like, okay, good. I don't, because we did that, my, my brother and I did that. Uh, we did Family Feud like a year, <gasps> a year and a half ago, during pandemic, not to, to rub it in. It? I got to do it. It was fun. It was, it was fun. To Did be. you yeah, say anything Har- sexual and inappropriate? And Steve Harvey made a, a like a YouTube. I got some great. Yes, I wish deadpan. He, we got a, a lot of good deadpan. Steve I love Harvey it. Faces, you know, a lot of that. Like, I can't do it, but unless it's really offensive. But yeah, it was fun. But he, um, but you know, I found myself. If somebody said an answer on our team that was like not a great yes. answer, I found it hard. Oh, I'm very competitive. To, yeah, I found it hard to to, to pretend that it was totally. a good answer. Totally. I, I was, I was, I was like, but you know, you're on camera, so you have to be like, okay, okay. I want to do it <laughs> yeah. so bad. Um, well, how about this? I'll swap. I'll be, I'll, I'll host Jeopardy for for once. And, and I get to go on Family, family Feud once. Feud. Yes, that would be my. We both live out our dreams. Um, uh, do you drink coffee or tea? No. And so how do you take it? No, no. 
No, I um I'll drink uh I like uh like I prefer decaf things. I don't really do caffeine. So I'll do like, I like decaf, like milk tea with almond milk or something. I like the boba, but I don't do coffee. Uh, Yes. I love the boba. What's your, your flavor boba? I just, I try and do like, I finally found a place that does decaf black with just plain, you know, almond milk or whatever. Uh, Half sweet or quarter sweet, double boba. Oh, nice. I'm a taro guy. Whoever's keeping score. Um, If, if you could learn another language, you you speak Yiddish. You speak- I speak I speak um, Hebrew and Spanish Hebrew. and English oh, a cool. little bit, and I I do I studied Yiddish. I can read and write in Yiddish. My speech is a little uh-huh. slower, but I've always wanted. To, well, I really want to learn Aramaic. That's a kind of a deep wow. dive. That Jeez, was the spoken yeah. language in biblical the original times. Yeah, Bibli- Bible. Yeah, and then I also would love to learn a character language like Japanese, but it's you know. A real wow, commitment to Aramaic. Learning language. Yeah, I really would like to learn Aramaic. Good for you, because you want to be able to watch Passion of the Christ in its without the subtitles. <laughs> well, some of our pra- <laughs> some of our prayers are in Aramaic in Judaism, uh-huh. and um, a, um, there are many texts that are in Aramaic, so I can read oh, it. Wow. I just don't. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Good for you. Um, <laughs> and I bet you could. What is your favorite cereal? Um, you know, I um, I'm very into like um. A, a Rice Krispie type. I don't want it with uh-huh. corn syrup. So there's like a hippie version mm. of Rice Krispies that I like. I'm not really a, a big cereal person. Spacier, okay. Yeah. Um, if you had a different, we talked about your first name. If you could choose a different first name, Mayim is a beautiful name. It means water. I think we talked about it. Mm-hmm. In Hebrew. Um, what would what would your fantasy new name be? I never thought about that. Well, something to think about. Um, if, if wait, you, hold on. I, sorry, I know it's supposed to be wrapping. Uh, there was once a store called Pasha. And I really Pasha. like that name. It's like Sasha, but with a P. And I yes. always love that name. Pasha. Pasha. Well, you're drawn to like Eastern Europe, Misha. Right. Pasha, yes. Sasha. Huh. Yeah. Pasha. That would be cool. That would be equally um, unique as, as is mine. <laughs> equally fucked up and easy for people nope. to tease you about. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not what I said. Um, if you had a, na- a sandwich named after you, uh, the the Mayan Bialik sandwich. What what would be on it? Oh my gosh, pickles. <laughs> yep, definitely pickle sour. Pickles. Um, n- no, like a dill pickle. Um, yeah. Like almost burnt onions. Wow. Okay. Like really heavily yeah. sautéed onions. Um, vegan mayo and maybe a little vegan Thousand Island. Okay, and, and what's any? <laughs> I'm vegan. What's, what's the substance of it? I'm vegan. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah. but do you put anything? No, I mean, you could yeah. put an avocado in there, maybe. And on any kind of bread? I would do like on a, a rye. Rye, of course. With with, um, with caraway seeds. That's the little seeds in rye. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have, for some reason in my spice cabinet, I have like four things of caraway seeds. It's like. The, the, you the never need them you need unless like, you're making rye bread. <laughs> yes. Well, you need them like once in a blue moon. And so you go and you don't think you have them. So you buy them. It's next um, to the saffron and the cream of tartar. <laughs> yes. Saffron. I know. And it's so expensive. Very saffron. expensive. Uh, if if uh, what is your favorite Tom Hanks movie? We're almost done. Splash. Yes. Although it Friends. does not hold up in terms of misogyny meters. Oh oh, really? Tell me what's what's off. Well, let's just say I showed it to my kids, being like, "This was one of uh-huh. my favorite movies," and like, "Oh, it's basically Little Mermaid." Like she's like a mute woman who's naked and wants to have sex all the time, and yes. that's the ideal. <laughs> yeah, your kids are like, "Wow, mom, you wasn't always woke." Mom was like pretty, <laughs> mom was fucked up. That's funny. I didn't think about that. It's, it does not hold up, a, but it, it's still, it's, there's a lot that that's really beautiful in that movie for me still. Well, Jillian Bell was on, she's saying they're making a re, they're doing a remake. You'll like this, that, um, where, where it's a merman, Channing Tatum is playing a merman. Apparently, <laughs> I'm not making this no, up. You're no, you're lying. 
No, no, no. You Next should year. consult on it. Um, <laughs> would you rather t- with your, would you rather take a time machine into the past or the future? Past wasn't so good for my people. Let's go to the future. Yes, yes, that makes sense. Are you more of a talker or a texter? Uh, a, a texter, just because I have to be, but I'm a, I'm yeah. a talker. Yes, you're a good talker. Um, a, a night or morning person? Um, morning. I mean, yeah, morning. Do, do you have a routine in the morning? I'm... No, Jonathan, my podcast host, would like me to. And this morning I did for the first time. <laughs> I, I The first thing I did when I woke up, I got outside and got some light. This is like an Andrew, okay. Dr. Andrew Huberman says, like, this will transform your life is like 10 minutes uh-huh. of morning light every morning. So I did okay. that. Um, I try and do a gratitude list in the morning, even mentally. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That- and I don't get much sleep. So I also stay up late, but I do love the oh. morning. Oh, you're one of those. I'm one of those they're, people. They're, yeah. Yeah. What? What? Ballpark? Like two, three hours? Four hours? No, no. I mean, I, I can I can function well on five hours. I do like a uh-huh. little nap because I don't do caffeine, wow. so I like a little nap. God. Um, but no, I don't like a lot of sleep. Yeah. Wow, I'm always so impressed by that. I wish I that were the case with me. Um, this is our last. Oh, toilet roll over or under? Do you have a preference? It's not even an issue. Over. That's the right way yeah. to do it. You don't yes. need to ask me. And does does Jonathan, your podcast co-host, does he have a, a conflicting preference? I don't care. It goes over. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, Mayim Bialik, if you would uh, wouldn't mind finishing this sentence for us, life is short, so drink the good wine. Ah, I love that. Yes. Well, this was um, this was so fun. As as was doing your show, we're going to talk all about your awesome. podcast in the intro outro. But um, thank you for all the entertainment over the years. Thank you. Well, it's really been so much fun. You know, I was very nervous to talk to you because you know I'm not used to like cool people liking me, and I was really happy that you seem to like me, or at least well, you're acting like you do. So thank you. I. <laughs> I'm in no way you stay calling me cool. So thanks for. <laughs> That's thanks because for that. you're hanging out with people who are too cool. You need to maybe. punch down. Yes, maybe. So, so that just, that just happened. happened. <laughs> what? It's a little. Isn't her? She's a little kind of up here. Uh. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That? I don't know. It's hard to do. I mean, yeah, like, I know. like you always say, it. it's hard for you to do ladies. It is. Well, well, Impressions. Yes, thank you for clarifying. Um, <laughs> I must say, I was surprised by by um, how different she seems than her persona on Jeopardy. Oh, yeah? Because I've, I watch Jeopardy every single night, as yes. you know. So I have a very um, clear opinion of her personality on mm-hmm. Jeopardy. And I also have an opinion about her as a kid and Blossom. So I, yeah. I've formulated a real opinion about what I think she's like. Yeah. And I was very surprised by how different she was in this than she is on Jeopardy. Oh. On Jeopardy, she's, I know what you mean. there's something uh, kind of giddy and a little performance-y yes. about her. Because well, it's a performance yeah, in part. Yeah, it is. Um, and she's on TV and she's presenting something. She, but but her She's got to be kind of like the boss. She's got to kind of run the show, too. Right. And nothing against her performance on Jeopardy, but yeah. her, if this is like more who she is uh, that in your conversation with her, she was very like grounded and it was fascinating. And I think funny. Yeah. I really, I really liked her. Yeah, me too. And it's not to say I don't like her on Jeopardy. No, I know what you mean. But I really liked her. She's the type of person that she's very honest. She'll just ask some pretty soul searching questions, mm-hmm. questions that like 
I'm often embarrassed to ask. Mine will just come out and ask. She'll just say it, which I think to some people can be maybe off-putting, but I thrive on that kind of honesty and and directness. Directness is the word, right? She's direct. You told her about your fuzz collection. She was telling you about her weird hobbies and and you like out weird hobbied her. (laughs) And and I hadn't thought of your fuzz collection so many years. And I realized that at the time I was like so familiar with it. And I I can still picture what it looked like. Because I was so familiar with it, I didn't realize how weird it (laughs) was. Yeah, I know. But hearing about it and thinking about it for the first time in years, I realized truly how bizarre it is that you had that kind of collection. And it was in this like, yeah, it is. Scant, like secret spot under your rug. I know. I, I didn't really, I never really considered it weird either. It's really weird. Yeah. I mean, it, obviously there are, I could think of weirder collections to have. I, I guess like, like a toenail like, collection. Uh, that or like carcasses of oh. rodents or something. Well, a lot of people have like into taxidermy. That's different than hiding them under your rug, though. Yeah, because oh, yeah. that's like a thing you. Well, that's that's adjacent. I mean, if, if you had like a like what like an animal corpse collection, that'd be like a, that'd be tantamount to being like a serial killer. Tantamount. Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> Buffalo Bill. It would. Yeah, I have, a, I have a moth collection. I have a beautiful moth collection. If you want to see that? No. No. <laughs> uh, let's read a letter. Okay. <laughs> Remember my fuzz collection, Big Red. Yes, you talked about that with Ryan Bialik. Isn't it weird that if, like, <laughs> yes, oh my God, twelve-year-old version of yourself, if you were I, told I, that, like, one day you're going to be telling Blossom about this collection? <laughs> oh, n- never. Ever. I've, I have I occasionally have those moments, like with Leah Thompson. If I had said, like, if I if anyone ever told me, like, one day you'd be telling her that you had a crush on her or something like, you know, I never would have believed it. you. Your brain no, wouldn't be brain, able to compute it. No. In fact, I would have been too embarrassed to talk about my fuzz collection with anyone, let alone a, a celebrity like Blossom. Well, maybe you should be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another issue. Okay, here's the letters from Sonia Lenarden. Sonia Lenarden. Subject, Justin, who or how I found your podcast. Dear Justin and Christian, I'm writing to you from Milan, Italy. Hello, fellow Italians. Yes. Half Italians, but... Not quite half. I wish we were more Italian. We're actually three-eighths Italian. So instead of hello, we we just say, ha. Um, I've only recently discovered you're you're a podcast, thanks. Oh, no, no, please don't. Okay, that'll be offensive. Thanks to my and Bialik's breakdown. Wait, what'd you say? Sorry, I was focused on on that impression. (laughs) Luigi impression. And your stomach making noises. I've only recently discovered your podcast thanks to my and Bialik's breakdown. Oh, How cool. Cool. Um, See, that's why you should be on other podcasts. I know, I know. Um, well, good. Okay, so thanks thanks to Mayim, um for a new listener. I have to be honest with you. I had no idea who Justin Long was, but I've listened to the episode on Mayim's show and I was instantly intrigued. Who is this guy? So honest and the funny <laughs> and fun. <laughs> okay. It was just a quote. It was, she's quoting herself, so I had to try to say it like something. Okay. I also know firsthand what it feels like to have your control stolen from you, and I'm so sorry that happened to you, Justin. By the way, you breezed over a really nice compliment. I know. I, 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 know. So, I, I know. I know. So honest and fun and funny. That is very – thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got hung up on doing your accent, which um doubly insulting. Uh, thank you for that. I also know firsthand what it feels like to have your control stolen from you, and I'm so sorry that happened to you, Justin. Thank you so I'm much. I'm not laughing at that. I'm no, laughing at your I tummy. <laughs> stop, stop calling it a tummy. Well, it's, well it, it is a tummy because it's yeah. making those noises. Um, Only tummies make those noises. <laughs> That's a funny quote. Uh, back to Sonia. You were so incredibly open about it, and you have my utmost respect. Uh, I was 
That's thank you, Sonia. I, I, I like I said, once you talk about it once, I mean, it really breaks all the mystery. You know, it 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 diminishes all the importance of you know that being a secret because it was something I like I didn't share for so long, and so you. You, you just tell yourself stories about it. It's a good lesson, though, for other things to, to demystify a lot of those scary sounding things. It's just a thing that happened. Um, so that's nice of you to say. Uh, and I'm sorry that uh, you you know what it feels like to have control stolen from you. Um, back to Sonia. I was thrilled to learn you have a podcast and what a wonderful discovery Christian was, too, with his humor and empathy and consideration. He just gave a look of like he's patting himself on the back. Um, I'm glad I have no idea who either of you was before because it allowed me to connect to the person. There's a layer of alienation when we think about celebrities. And so I'm grateful to got to have gotten to meet Justin and Christian as people first. I've been listening for exactly one week now, hopping from episode to episode based on the guest. I'm utterly head over heels in love with what you're doing here. Speaking for myself, you're being a tremendous help as I slowly but more or less Surely venture back into the realm of emotions. It's been a hard year. I've lost one of my best friends in an accident uh, and my mom to a sudden heart attack. I'm so sorry to hear that. There's something about back-to-back abrupt losses that make you shut down, I'm sure. At least that's my experience. I've been consciously numbing the big emotions, good or bad, because I know I'm not equipped to feel it all at once at this time. So I've been doing it in increments. Your show, with its thoughtful conversations and levity, is allowing me to think about stuff and feel, but always in a safe space. It's like I found two new friends, and I'm insanely grateful. Well, man, Sonia, that is so nice to hear, and we feel like now we've we've found a friend uh, in you, so thank you. But enough with the sob stories. Apologies for the oversharing. Would you rather have the ability to see into the future or know the answers to the unsolved mystery of the past? E.g., what was Stonehenge really for? Mm, man, that is a good question. I we've talked we we've had similar a similar one before, and I think I know your. Well, answer. we ask guests the same question, yep. and what I've got an answer. I, I would say I'd rather have answers to the unsolved mysteries of the past. Me too. Not because I I don't want to do either. I think I've said this before. I I, I wouldn't want to do either. Mm-hmm. But if I had to, I would go to the past because. Going to the future, I think, whether the results were good or bad, it would really diminish what I was doing in the present. Right. And it would affect me in a way that would really mess up my life, I think. If I if I knew what the future held, mm-hmm. it would really prevent me from living in the present well, in a way that going to the past wouldn't, I think. Yes. I think I've struggled with remaining in the present as firmly as I can. Uh, and so for me, thinking too much about the future is I, I, I my friend calls it future surfing, which I really love. Um, it, it it's it, it doesn't serve me in the present, which is the only thing that is happening. Um, and it, and so I try not to do that as much as I can. And you're right. If I knew too much about and this future, wouldn't just be thinking about the no, future. No, no, this be would knowing, be like knowing about. The future. I know. So it really would cause me to be. It would cause me to be shaky in the present. But knowing about the past, like knowing mysteries, especially. Would just satisfy my curiosity about things in the past, like Stone. She mentioned Stonehenge, or yeah, I guess no, that would be fascinating. Yeah. But I think I have Back to the Future brain, where I, I'm just so conditioned to think of it would going changed. to the past and altering it in any way. Well, or, no, she's saying just knowing the mystery, but even knowing it, I don't know. It's like unsolved mysteries that might the- kind of reshape me in a way that I'm not comfortable with. Well, I'd like to know certain, but wouldn't you like if, to know? If it was totally unrelated, how about this? If it was totally unrelated to my life, like I don't think I'd want to necessarily go back and 
sea ancestors and like uh-huh. mysteries and that. I mean, not the, our people have many <laughs> mysteries. We're like yeah. not the most exciting bunch, but like world mysteries and like natural mysteries would be interesting to know about. Exactly. But, but I wouldn't want to know about like family, family history. Stuff. No, no, no. I wouldn't either. But I, I think she, I think that she's talking about, I think Sonia's talking about the bigger ones. Okay. I'd like to know those. I'd like to know Me too. why the dinosaurs died out exactly. I'd yeah, like to that'd know, be cool. You know, what, what made the earth flat? <laughs> um, and so, and Stonehenge. What if that got picked up by some Oh my that, God. Kyrie Irving would be a fan. Yeah. Um, of that. Hopefully future guests. Yes, that'd be great. Is that the end of the letter? Yes. Well, then she says, thank you so much for this little safe corner made of genuine conversation and shared laughter. You're both gems. Much love, Sonia. What? Oh, my God. What a nice letter. Would it be Sonia? Sonia, uh, probably. S-O-N-I-A? Yeah. Sonia. Why am I saying Sonia? I, um, I have an Sonia? Italian. I would say Sonia. Sonia. Well, Maybe she's just living in Italy. How do you know she's Italian? Oh, yeah. She just says. Doesn't sound like the most Italian. Well, she does say, I'm, she says, I'm writing to you from Milan, Italy. Hello, fellow Italians. Yeah, but. So be, she's Italian. Because she knows we're of Italian descent. So maybe she's saying like, fellow Italians, like you're Italian. But wouldn't you have to have Italian descent yourself? Maybe At she least, has Italian descent. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah Lenardin doesn't sound all that Italian. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, um. Thank you, son. Either way. Which makes your impression of her that much more ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it's true. But no, that's such a nice letter. And, I know. And, and she yeah, really love sounds Colin. like... Um, she sounds uh, like a gem. Like a really cool, evolved, thoughtful person. Yes, she does. Not, be, not no, just because no, she was nice to us, <laughs> no, but because of wh- how she's dealing with her um, difficult year. Back to back, I man. mean, that's really... I think she's doing a really uh, kind of wise thing. Not yeah. by listening to the show. No, no. no but no, how she's dealing with it, you know. Yeah, in increments, she says. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't imagine. I mean, we, we you know we talk a lot about losing our grandmother, somebody really important to us, and 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 that's been a process. But it's been over a year, and it's still something that like I struggle with. So I can't imagine. So we're wishing her uh, just the best and in her journey. And um, thank thanks to her for really listening and. and uh, I love hearing. I mean, it's so nice to hear people are getting things like that out of the show. And so if you are also getting something out of the show, or if you hate the show, uh, write in to lifeisshort at wondery.com. Lifeisshort at wondery.com. And, um, and thanks and, to Mayim. Yes, th- so much. Um, and for, for not only for being on the show, but for allowing me to be on her show. And 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 uh, so that Sonia heard it and, and came over to ours. Not that she jumped ship. Hopefully she's listening. She's Hopefully she's riding on both ships. Spread the love. Yes. <laughs> um, that was a really good episode. Yeah. Good. Let's do it next week. I would love that. Okay, cool. Um, so thanks for listening. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. Life is Short is hosted by me and my tummy, Justin Long. And me, his tummy. <laughs> And it's co-hosted and produced by you. Christian Long. It's also produced by Megan. B. Monaco and Katie. B. Alan. Senior producers, Michelle. Mish. Lands. Audio engineer. Sir Joe Enriquez. And the executive producer's name is... Marshall Louie. For a company called... Wondery. Bye, everyone. Hey, Dodo Head. Now you gotta eat it, you Dodo. Dodo. Dodo? You're a dodo. The dodo bird went extinct. Maybe you can do that. Extinct. Extinct. There's no dodo birds. Here, honey. Because humans made them go away forever. How? More? Hunted them because they were slow and flightless. More? Oh, my gosh. This is depressing. More? More?
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Life is Short ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.